In London, technology is the Silicon Roundabout. Introducing a new talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. Silicon Real. Each week, interviewing entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, financial technology, accelerators, and incubators in an exciting three-person format. Learn about the people behind the innovation. Locally filmed, locally sourced. Silicon Real. It's about the people. All right, here we go. This is Silicon Reel, the video podcast dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I am Brian Rose. I also host London Reel, which is a similar type deal. We get three guys in the room, sometimes girls, and uh, we try to figure some stuff out. We've had uh, uh, George Galloway in here, Howard Marks, uh, Tim Ferriss. We had Bruce Perry from the, the BBC series uh, Tribe on here the other day. Uh, but we're here to talk about tech. My co-host is uh, Colin Pyle, who's an entrepreneur who runs uh, Lingos, which is the online language school you got the uh, gourmet uh, coffee company crew cafe you're doing kickstarters movember's over i'm really happy about that i know me too the mustache was it was it was scaring me a little bit i didn't pull it off didn't pull it off oh i don't know about that maybe you pulled it off too well which is maybe worse do you miss it I do actually a little bit. You know, I, I hang out in Shoreditch a lot, and I, I felt like I fit in a little bit more during, during Movember <laughs> yeah. uh, out here than I do now. Maybe if you added a hat to that, then it might have yeah, it it worked. worked. Yeah, next year. Okay, cool. And uh, Kickstarter, how's that going? You're about halfway through your goal, right? Yeah, I think we hit 55% funded today. So yeah, it's going great. If you have a, an espresso machine at home, give us a go. I just spent some time with our suppliers, and it looks like we'll have a biopod ready for our Kickstarter reward. So I'm going to update that soon because... So fully, uh, di- fully biodegradable pod. Fully biodegradable pod. Awesome. Um, didn't know that a few weeks ago, but, but now uh, it's pretty much firmed up. So that's exciting. Really exciting. Cool. Very good, man. Yeah. I, I have supported your campaign. I expect some coffee next year. Thank you very much. And uh, no, that's really cool. So check that out. We'll put a link on the show yeah. to cool. that. Cool. Um, on with the show, our guest today is Mr. Gary Jackson, who is one of the founders of Halo, which uh, if you don't know, it's a smartphone app which puts people uh, two taps away from a licensed taxi. More specifically in London, it puts you in touch with a black cab, which is an institution of the UK. Um, you know, I've got my own stories about black cabs. I'll go into that later, but a bit about Halo. You guys launched in November 2011. You guys are all over the world now. You're in Chicago, Toronto, Ireland, Osaka, Japan, uh, Barcelona, yeah, Madrid. Madrid. Um, you guys, uh, I think, have carried eight and a half million passengers. Your annualized sales are over $100 million. Uh, you were founded by three taxi drivers, yep. one of which I'm is you, and uh, three uh, entrepreneurs. You've raised over $50 million from VCs like Union Square Ventures, Excel Partners, and uh, Sir Richard Branson. Uh, Gary, welcome to Silicon Real. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing. It's, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's really big to have you here because we, we have a lot of people on the show and we're always talking about these Series A and Series B rounds that people say is lacking in the UK, and you guys are already there. And so uh, it's just big to see you guys like leading the way, and then you're taking it to the Yanks, which we usually see businesses coming the other way across the ocean. And it's like you guys and Y-Plan that are kind of going the other way. So uh, I was just wondering, how has the last couple of years been for you? <laughs> um, to be honest, it's, it's just been getting time to, uh, to get your thoughts, really, because it's been so busy. So, um, and one of the things we do love is, like you said, is that um, go... Um, with, with startups, we love it. We're, we're from Stepney originally, so we're, we're East London boys. So to see something so close to us being built up in Tech City and stuff like that, and actually 
being one of the companies to come from London and, as you say, go to New York has, has been great, yeah. It's such a great story because it's just nice to see that, you know, you have three guys that were driving, you know, black cabs for a large part of their life and then three internet guys. And it wasn't like the tech guys trying to take over your industry, but you guys are doing it together. And that's kind of a rare story, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was uh, originally there was uh, three cab drivers, me, Terry and uh, Russell. And uh, we started another company and we, and we was doing really well, but we knew about the taxi business, but we didn't know about the business business, if you know what I mean. So uh, we were really fortunate, and uh, between the three of us, me, Terry and Russell, we were very much like a, a perfect marriage. And then all of a sudden we met Javon and Casper, and it was like the second perfect marriage built together. So uh, yeah, we've been really fortunate. How, how did you up. meet them, out of curiosity? Um, yeah, so uh, what happened was, was uh, Terry got a, 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 an email, which was really fortunate, because at our last company, our emails rarely worked properly <laughs> anyway. So. Uh, so yeah, we got an email to go meet them at, uh, at a cafe. So uh, as um, taxi drivers, it sounds really weird that you'd think that we would be the ones turning up in jeans and, and t-shirts, but we went in suits. <laughs> because when you do the knowledge, uh, it's just respectful to always wear a suit. Yeah. So you always look smart. So we turned up in suits and uh, we turned up at this place called the Squat and Gobble, which was in, uh, oh, where was it, uh, around Topical Road. So we turn up at this place and it's shut down. So there we are thinking, ah, this, this, is, a, this is a mess about. Oh, right. uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, one of them come running along and we went into, from a, a really posh cafe, which we were meant to be going to, to a proper old dingy sedan, China cup, uh, all cracked, uh, having a cup of tea for a few hours and mm. just discussing the, the taxi business. So we told them how we thought things should be run. Uh, and they said, well, we want to get into that business because we know it's big and, uh, and we joined together sort of thing. It's really good. You know, you mentioned the knowledge and if you don't live in London, the black cab experience is really hard to describe to someone. And I first moved here in 1997 and then again in, uh, in 2002. And like, it was such a big part of my experience of London and like a black, get into a black cab, even on like a busy shopping day on Oxford street. And you get into this space and it's this huge space and you're above everyone else. You've got a cabbie who knows what the fuck he's doing, where he's going. You can even have a, probably a crazy conversation if you want. And I used to call it like my personalized limousine service. Yeah. Cause like sure. I've taken taxis all over the world. I've been in Tokyo with the white gloves. I've been in New York where you got, you know, guys speeding down the street and it's, it's a unique experience. So like to see you guys, guys marry that with tech it, it really it, i don't know it's something kind of special you know no, it's good i think it keeps it going too it is such a unique experience i think coming mm. from toronto it's just kind of typical and been in cabs in china it's just insane so what is the knowledge for people that don't know and what's the history of the black cabs i mean you look at the latest sherlock holmes movies and they're flagging black cabs right. yeah. i mean this has like been around for a long time yeah uh, so so the knowledge is something that and remember anyone could become a taxi driver all okay. you have to do is go out and learn something like 375 routes around London. And if you do all them, them routes together, it actually crisscrosses across and you should know the best way from point A to B. Hmm. But that's not all you have to do. So what then you have to do is, is you have to go up on appearances. So you have to put a suit on and go up uh, to someone who, who's like an examiner. And you would do that on a different basis. So you go from two months to one month down to two weeks and, and it, it can take the quickest about three years. And they'll ask you questions, take me from, uh, from this building here to Old Street, and you'd have to find the best way out and stuff like and that. And visualise it and tell them. Visualise it. Yeah, I was one of these people wow. uh, that people do it in different ways. Some people visualise it from actually going out on a motorbike and seeing the streets and seeing the shops. Yeah, you can see those guys in London. I was probably one of the first people who started using tech to do the knowledge. So when I done the knowledge, mine was more map focused. So I would visualise the map in my head, and that's how I would 
would remember everywhere. And then you started using computers then, which would pinpoint certain places. So it would tell you where places was on one side of the road or another. So I suppose I was using tech even then to do the knowledge. Nowadays, they all use, I should imagine, Google Earth, yeah. just zoom in and see what a building looks like and, and, and go from there. So it's probably a little bit easier to do because you don't have to go out as much, but you probably ain't got that knowledge of the streets as much. So, uh, and you've been yeah. studied by brain scientists and they say that your brain actually changes once you've learned the knowledge, right? Yeah. As in like the left and the right hemispheres like did something yeah. really strange by all that memorization. Yeah, so what I always say is that we take all the images, it took me nearly five years to do the knowledge. I was doing it with um, part-time, so yes. I had family and stuff like that. It's hard to get out on a bike and, and, and work and learn all these runs. Right. And, Just and to make that clear, that's five years of studying before you get your license to become a caddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was four and a half years from <laughs> the day that I said, I'm gonna do the knowledge and become a cab driver. Like all, my, my brother was a cab driver, uh, my uncles are cab drivers. Everyone, I would say out of all my friends, I can't think, oh, there's probably one who's not a cab driver. So it's something, if you're from East London, it's something you just, it's something you can do. So you can either do that or you can go in the stock exchange. And if you get lucky, uh, I think we're really good in the stock exchange, East London boys as well. Oh yeah, so, we had a, a bunch in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, 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 so that's how the, the knowledge works. Are people still doing the knowledge or with, with the tech coming in these days, do you think that it will be phased out at some point? Uh, no, I don't believe you can ever phase it out because I know you've got sat-navs, right. but uh, there's, there's certain things in your brain that you're collecting all the time. Uh, let's face it, we all get into a sat-nav and it doesn't always take you the quickest way and it doesn't know the back routes and, and yeah. stuff like that. So I think our, um, our brains will always be better. But going on to the, 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 uh, the, the big brain scenario, I believe that we spent four and a half years remembering it all and packing your brain and then you spend the next six months just trying to get it out if you know what I mean <laughs> because to be honest you probably don't until Halo come along you only ever worked the city the West End or maybe Kensington but now Halo's here then what happens is you start working in the outer boroughs a lot more so now your knowledge of the outer boroughs is getting better but when Halo first came along you was getting streets that you've never heard of so drivers was like oh what's this street I've never heard of it but, uh, but now they're getting used to it so their knowledge is actually when you become a cab driver, is a lot better now with Halo because they have to think where they're going and picking people up from. After you do the knowledge, how does the cab business work here? Do you actually buy a license? No, or no. Or do you, do you work and then have to pay? Yeah, so, so it, it, it stands to the driver. It's not that's like it. in other okay. cities like yeah. New York where it's a medallion or anything like that. Yeah, that's you are the medallion. Okay. So then you, you've got that, that badge that says, I can drive a taxi. Mm. So what you do is then, I think it's about £350. I think it's gone up now, I think it's £400. But that's for three years. So it's not like you do all that work and then you're, you've got to pay yeah. a lot. It's quite reasonable, £400 right. for, for three years worth of uh, going out in a taxi. So the studying is really what, how you pay for yeah. the, the license. Of course it is, yeah. It's and like doing a degree. So who owns the cars then? So the cars, you can either go out and buy yourself one. Okay. Very expensive. Yeah. See, people don't take that into account. Everyone thinks that every, uh, cab drivers are out there earning loads of money. There's a lot of expense. The sure. Diesel was expensive. Cabs are expensive. I used to rent my taxi, so I didn't have the worry of things breaking down mm. and stuff like that. So uh, cool. it's, it's not as easy as everyone thinks driving a taxi. You're probably yeah. doing, like, everywhere, three, four days, and it's probably the same in every country, before you actually start earning money. Right. So... Well, with, with Halo now, it's, it's a lot better. So where we used to come out at five o'clock in the morning, you could work till six, seven o'clock without even getting a job. You can't do that now. So we're feeling that, uh, that dead mileage has sort of gone away. So you're increasing efficiency. Huge for, for the cab driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, some of the things that we have in the app, because we have, we have a driver app, everyone sees that the, the customer app, 
what they don't see is the driver app is the app because the driver app gives drivers all these benefits. It lets you see your stats. So if you want to type in every job, you can see how much percentage you are POB and stuff yeah. like that. And okay. sometimes when we first started doing it, drivers was 50%. What's POB? Uh, sorry. <laughs> POB is a t- uh, passenger on board. Okay. Right. So you have a passenger on board, uh, so much percentage. Obviously, the more percentage you have passenger on board, the more your meters running, right. you're earning more money. So with the Halo app, they can monitor their own business. So you can monitor your own business and see how you're doing. And we're, gonna, we're working on that at the moment to make it, because it's sure. two years old, the driver app. We're going to make the, the new app really good, so it's going to be a bit more interesting. Okay. But Do drivers, they have like driver stats so you can download your stats and compare the the average pound per minute, I guess, and all that sort exactly. of stuff. Exactly. So, so one one of the things you'd be yeah. driving around is you're always thinking to yourself, I've got a target to hit. Right. I want to know what my hourly rate is because if your hourly rate's below, then you know there's not yeah. much you can really do about it. Right. You can only carry so many people. But no, so, so we had drivers who was POB 50% of the time and then they were 75% of the time. Now they're getting a 25, well, it's actually 25% times whatever increase in their earnings. Yeah. Just by using the app. Just by using yeah. it. You know, it's something we ask everyone that's sitting here. I was just wondering if you could tell people that don't know about Halo, like what have you guys done and, and what are you planning to do? And why do you think Halo can, can win in this market? Why do you think you guys are going to be successful here in London and, and then globally? Yeah, so um, I, I would one, one say that it's got taxi taxi drivers influence because we can all go out there and build stuff that we don't know nothing about, but we know the industry. So so we can do that. And, and to be honest, the industry is probably the same in every country, is that if you're empty, you're not earning money. And if you're full, you're earning money. So uh, on that way, I think we can succeed because the other way we do it is we go out and get, wherever city we've ever been to, we go out and get the drivers first. So when we launch, we never launch with more customers than we have drivers because it's all about service. So if we can give people a great service from the beginning, then they're going to use us forevermore. Something like New York, it seems like that would be a nightmare to try to go in there and understand the yellow cabs and try to get your app going. I mean, did you send people there to work with the people on the ground? Yeah, so, so every city we go to, we, we, uh, we virtually use the same concept as we did in London at the beginning, which is get a few driver partners who know about the business, who know people, who know different minorities. So, so if you go to... Uh, uh, I don't know, so Toronto, we might have an Asian uh, driver who, who, who can help that, that race and uh, we'll have uh, uh, different se- segments, if you know what I mean. So we get drivers involved from the beginning. Yeah, that's a big yeah. deal. You yeah. said like in London, was it first thing you getting your friends involved and then get the next black cabbie to tell? Because mm. I think one of your interviews, you said black tech cabbies and tech don't always go together. Yeah, so, so we, we, had, we had this from the beginning. And, and to be honest, instead of uh, being defeatist and saying to ourselves, okay, a driver says, I don't do tech. Instead of saying that, we would help them do tech. So right. we'd set them up an email because they'd come in and they'd go, uh, you go, what's their e- your email? And they're, they're going to be like, it's Shirley family at this <laughs> Gmail. And you're like, we're liberate you. We'll give you your own email. And they're like, oh my goodness, you'll do that. And we made them actually, Apple owe us a lot of money anyway, because we, we sold a lot of phones for them because <laughs> drivers used to come in with a box and just go, here you go. Can you set it up for me? And, and the whole point is, is we, we was, um, it was finding what taxi drivers needed. So what we done was we obviously knew that taxi drivers wanted to earn more money, but we also we was fortunate we had a, a, an enemy at the time who we could uh, relate to drivers and say, we want to win back our work. And that was one of our big slogans is that during that time, um, a certain company was coming in and taking all the black taxi work 
of, from us. Okay. So so we use that, and um, and that's why the drivers jumped on board. Okay, like a minicab company. That, yeah, that's your main competition. Is, yeah. is the hired smaller private cars. It, it, exactly. Yeah, because every work that they take, that's another person who could have been getting into a black cab. So it's all about getting people back into black taxis. And did you ever think about not expanding so fast? I mean, Jesus, you guys raised a ton of money. You went super global. Did you ever think, let's, let's own the London market first? Or was that always part of the plan? I, I would say that we were, we were probably at a stage where we, we feel like we own the London market anyway. Okay. So uh, can we do more? Yes. Can we dispatch better? Yes, that's all coming. Uh, can we do more for our drivers? Yes, that's, that's coming. So, uh, so we've not won it completely yet. But uh, with launching to other countries, it was, it was a case of that, um, I suppose it was more of a time thing, that if you sit around waiting and just win in London, it's a big hot market. So if you let other companies go out to other places and start winning them first, then obviously it's a bit harder for us to go in afterwards and, uh, and mop up. But the thing is, when we started London, we was actually the eighth app on, in, in the city. Right. And um, so we sat there and we was building this... Uh, this app, which we knew was the best, because we had all we had all these uh, young guys from uh, from Google and places like that, and they're all building this uh, uh, this app for taxis. And uh, everyone else just had two people in a bedroom, you know, uh, building it. So we're sitting there and we're watching all these people come out, and we're thinking, oh, is one of them going to be successful? But we we're so confident in what we done, and what we done was we got the suppliers in the drivers before we went out there, where the other ones just went out there with two, three cabs. Lost a lot of customers, yeah. All right. I did a little market test on this the other day, yep. and I was uh, I was late for a meeting with you, and I was at Houston Station, and I needed a taxi, so I hit the Halo, and uh, you know I was checking it out, and it's a fantastic app, by the way, really great, Thank easy you. to sign up. Uh, it just makes it super easy. Um, gives you the cabbie's picture of the tech, cabbie, his phone number. He knows who you are. You can change the location, have him pick up on a different part of the street. And I got mine really quick. And then I quizzed the cabbie. And he didn't know who I was, obviously. He didn't know Gary was coming on in two weeks. Yeah. And I was like, okay, why do you use it? What happens? And he was like, yeah, I can be there with a cabbie friend of mine. We both get the alert. Whoever hits it first will get the business. And he's like, you know, and he was just talking about how he uses it, the, the, the fees. And I think, yeah, I think he didn't want to lose business to to other companies more than anything exactly and we're going to have some new features coming out soon which is going to be like a, a directional button because this goes back to what we done in the beginning which was a company called taxi light which was getting people journeys in and out of london uh, and then on the concept that if a driver's finished for the day or he's coming in he'll do a job a little bit cheaper because he's going that way anyway so it was like a fill your empty seat so we're going to be introducing that soon, which will hopefully help you. So if you put in your direction where you're going to, you'll, you'll get another chance of getting a taxi. Because if a driver says, I'm finished for the day, I'm out of here, right. at least if he's going your way, you end up going your way, uh, not for cheaper, if it's short, but for a longer journey, or you can, you'll get a happy driver. There's nothing more happier than uh, getting a job going your direction when you want to go home. Right, and a cabbie yeah. going home is good. You know, yeah. I love black cabs, like I said earlier, but I've had nights out where you're trying to flag one, you can't find them. Uh, other people are jumping ahead, and like some nights I've been like, oh, geez, I wish there were more of them. Walk, blocks and blocks yeah, and, and blocks. And sometimes yeah. like uh, the cabbie will stop, and he's like, no, I'm going home, I can't take you that way. And I know in New York they're required if they pick you up to take you wherever they're going to mm. go. Uh, are these concerns that, that, that made your app a reason that more people want it or is that something you know yeah. as a black cab that people can get frustrated with so, so one thing i think we have to train everyone is is drivers and customers because customers still come out on the street and use the halo app it's not meant to be like that you're meant to be in the restaurant press the button 
see that the cab's coming towards you and then when he presses his arrive then you come out and get into the into the taxi so okay. so i think it's gonna be a time thing it's like a, a, te- I was thinking a telephone box people used to queue outside telephone boxes to use it i think <laughs> it's the same as hailing the cab i think in the future it will just be alien to hail a cab on the street you you let him come to you because then you stay in the warm he knows that you're going to come out as soon as he presses the arrive button and everyone's happy then don't they so can you explain the fees a little bit for for uh, for the cab driver? Just explain yeah, your yeah. So or? so uh, so all we take is a, a ten percent cut of from the driver. Yeah. So the customer doesn't pay anything more than uh, than, than what's on the meter. But um, so we take ten percent in London, but we do it different. So in in Toronto, it's fifteen percent because it's all about the market and it's all about. Uh, you know New York drivers don't earn as much money as London cab drivers so we charge the customer there because it's more of a convenience thing yeah. so drivers do take 10% but out of that we have to pay the credit card cost VAT and stuff like that so uh, so it, it, it's quite a good deal yeah. and there's some minimum fees recently I know you changed a few of them they're somewhat controversial one of the cabbies said that he was glad you went to the daytime charge was a minimum 10 pounds which yes. you jumped from 5 and then the nighttime is a minimum 15 pounds yeah. you've had some press about that what do you say about those fees why are those necessary uh, okay so um, so if you imagine uh, at the moment we're, we're oversupplied I mean people just love the app they just want to use it to get taxis so it comes to a stage where uh, we was getting not so much feedback from drivers but we're very data orientated now. So we can tell when people use it, how many people use it, uh, how much they pay uh, at certain times, stuff like that. So it, it got to a stage where for the sake of losing probably the five or 10% at the bottom, which was doing jobs less than 10 pound, now the people at the top who, who, not saying at the top spending more money, but the people who couldn't get a cab who was willing to spend more than 10 pound, couldn't get a cab. Now, if I use an app and I say, it's gonna cost me 10 pound and I decide not to use it, that's my choice. But if I press the button and I can't get a taxi, then I'm just gonna go use Addison Lee or I'm gonna go use another taxi firm or use uh, other companies that are gonna come in and supply you with that service. So it was a decision to, not for the good of uh, just the company, but the good of the drivers and the good of the customers. Because if you press a button and you don't get a taxi, then there's nothing worse. I don't have a problem with that minimum price if you really need a taxi you're just like i need it now exactly but have you have you uh, had some problems with that i know you have people complained have you lost any business um uh, to be honest we've we've done the data so we knew we'd lose a a, a tiny minority of business but we gained it from the the, from the uh the top end so completed jobs is actually more than it used to be Hmm. because now more people getting in black taxis and not trying to use other services so so as it worked yeah if if we find out it's not and the data says differently then we're big and brave enough to, to go back. I don't think we will, but... Have you done that in other countries as well? With a minimum yeah, fare? Yeah, um, We don't have such... I think in the other countries, we have a tipping problem. Okay. Because uh, in, the, in North America, everyone tips. Right. Where right. maybe they don't tip as much in app because it's, it's easier to just walk away without a tip. But, uh, so if we need to, then we will. But we'll, we'll do the data and we'll, we'll make it the best for customers, drivers and ourselves. So that you, we talked about the data a few times. You guys mm. must be collecting some fascinating data. Would be, yeah, you talk about data mining. We had Ivan on who, who does sort of e-commerce mm. data, but the data mining of your stuff must be really... Yeah, yeah, really yeah. So, so we, we have a data department now who, who deal with all this sort of stuff anyway. I'm looking forward more to uh, what we don't use is I'd love to use the, 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 the traffic side of it. So uh, at the moment, if you're a driver, you can actually put in when there's traffic. No, like Google does it. 
but this is by cab drivers for cab drivers so you can put in there's traffic here so it's trustworthy and it's updated all the time because new drivers come along get asked questions like is there traffic but what i would like to go on to eventually is sort of sat navy as in let's face it TomTom can tell you which way to go but he can't tell you a cabbie's way to go <laughs> so it'd be lovely to use that data for that but uh, we use data for everything so uh we're doing a lot of a b testing at the moment so we can we can put a, a sign on the screen for the driver and then we could say well 50 said accept more or 50 don't accept more and we can use that sort of uh data to uh, to go forward and see what's the uh the best way you know, we always have a part of the podcast where we have, ask a couple of devil's advocate questions, and mm. I'm sure you got one on your mind. But I want to ask you about a company that, that hit you up at Chew the Fat the other night. It was our, our good friends at Uber, which uh, asked you a few questions about your pricing model. And, and what do you think about, you know, the, the American companies or other companies that are going to try to come in and try to own this space or Addison Lee upping their game? Or mm. uh, how do you think you guys can compete with, with, with those people in the long run? Um, I, would, I would always like to think that we're going to just focus forward. I hate you when you're looking side to side and behind and looking at a competition, if you know what I mean, because I like to think that we probably do everything right. And I always think to myself that if, if we feel that we're having a hard time, imagine how they're feeling, they're probably looking at us going, how can we be like Halo? So we shouldn't be looking behind and saying, uh, oh, let's do it their way or let's see, it, let's see how they're doing it. So um, how do, do we worry about it? I think there's enough work for everyone if they want it, because uh, to be honest, we're probably only... Uh, taken five percent of the taxi market so there's a big market out there still to go so um i think with black cabs because we're black cab only uh with black cabs uh picking people up i think that's an advantage straight away now the, the competition like addison lee and uber uber can try and get black cabs but black cabs won't work with uh mini cabs are, are black cabs exclusive to you when they yeah. sign up with you so no, they, no, no, they're not exclusive. So in theory, one black cab could have two apps. Yeah, one black cab could have two apps, a okay. radio circuit, the street. Right. So we're competing a lot more with the street than we are other competition. But, you know but I mean. you won't sign mini cabs up. You're strictly a black cab service yeah, for exactly. Halo London. Okay, and yeah. that's a decision you made early on. That's the decision. We it's made in your blood, on. right? This is in our blood, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, most definitely. It's hard to emphasize what an institution the black cab is yeah. like in London. I mean, like it's the fact that you guys have that market is it's just it's a big uh, sign for your credibility, mm. and it's hard to break into that market. You know. Yeah. So so other people will will find it hard. I mean, there is other people uh, competition there, but no one gets as many drivers as we do because they believe in what we're doing and they they, they like the minimum fare a lot of drivers were saying oh but if people are going to stop using it and stuff like that. and we said look trust us we, we know what we're doing we're not we don't do anything to hurt anyone that's the thing with halo we're not out there to hurt anyone so everything we do is for the good of our customers and our drivers so so that's the way we feel yeah kill the dead time for the drivers and get more capacity for the people in the streets yeah, exactly and, and you know what there's people out there who probably would never dream of using a black cab we now use a black cab, and, and, and that's something that we need to do. Because it ain't just the uh, mini cabs that say a competition. You've got trains, you've got buses. The 24-hour trains is coming soon, mm. you know? I mean, uh, to be honest, that's going to take a bit of money. There's Crossrail. That's going to take people out to the airport. Right. People don't use black taxis as much to go out to the airport. We want to bring that back. So that's why we're going to do the fixed price screen coming into the new year, so that we can get you out there a little bit cheaper, and you know the price when you're going. So... Uh, so there's lots, there's lots more to, uh, to come. Colin, what do you see when you look at them as like a business model, like from a, yeah. like a, a bird's eye perspective? Well, it's interesting because you talked about sort of competition, not mm. in cars, so Crossrail and, and stuff yeah. like this. You know, you say I sort of peripherally, without looking at any mm. data, saw the black cab market almost as a declining market. 
right? Most so, most definitely, yeah. So you jumped into a declining market and you're really turning it around with technology, which is, which mm. is impressive. I guess, do you see, do you see the ability to turn it around a little bit, but is technology at some point going to sort of take over and whether that's five years or 10 years from now, um, do you, do you think that do you, do you you're not going along? You you, you, you have exited by not then. This Google yeah. self-drive yeah, yeah, car. Yeah, for example, yeah. I, I'm one of these people that uh, no. it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. No, it's never going to happen. I mean, what they'd have to shut down every road in London for it to happen. He was, Simon Devonshire was loving that. He was he was talking about. Yeah, and yeah, he wanted to kill all the parking spaces in yeah, London yeah. and move that open to you know, yeah. walking spaces. So it's like funny, that. you talk to some people and they say, you know, that's, that's 15 years down the road. Mm. And then other people are like, oh, it's not as far as you think. So mm. I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. And I, you'll probably be a super angel by then helping the ecosystem, <laughs> yeah. like the PayPal effect by that time. Yeah. But, but so, so, so think of it this way. I think, I think it must have been about 20 years ago. I think the Docklands Light Railway, yeah. which, is, which is an automated self self-drive light railway. Yeah. Have you ever seen one empty with no conductor or anything? No, so right, sure. I don't see any point in it. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I agree with electric cars and electric taxis. I think that would be great. That'd be amazing. Yeah. You still need someone, you need someone to talk to anyway, don't you? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's you definitely do, talk true. To, to, talk to a robot. Has <laughs> Boris Bikes impacted black cab business, um, you think? I don't know. I, yeah. I should imagine it would on short journeys. Sure. Because if you're going to go from Liverpool Street and you can uh, jump on a bike yeah. to go to London Bridge or something like that, then then, then good luck to you. Yeah. But when it's raining and it's cold, I mean, uh, then it's down to you. Yeah. But but even cycling, I mean, a lot of people probably used to get taxis. Now cycle to work. Right. People drive for miles, don't they? 10, 15 miles on a, on a cycle just to get in. Yeah. And so... Uh, so that definitely uh, hits us a little bit, yeah. yeah. You know, Gary, you have a unique corporate structure because you have three, you know, black cabbies and three like internet entrepreneurs. Like you got, you know, the guys in well, the guys in suits are actually you guys and the guys in <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's 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 honestly it's a great story and it's an awesome you know article. But how does it actually work? I mean, when it gets down to expanding to these cities and these guys have the vision and you guys have the knowledge of the base. I mean, do you all sit around the boardroom and make these decisions? Do you all travel around the the, the world or do you have like certain responsibilities that okay. you do and the, the yeah, yeah. other guys do. Um, so, so like all startups, we was involved in everything at the beginning. It's getting to a stage now where we, we can't be. I mean, if you go back six months ago, we was traveling everywhere. But since then, we're, we're now starting to hire people uh, in the big positions, if you know what I mean. So, so um, one of our joint CEOs is, uh, is Tom Barr, who's the head of, who was the head of Starbucks. So, and then we've got John Moore from Skype, who, who's the head of uh, our products. So all these people uh, are now coming involved and they're becoming, because you can't do everything. That's the thing with a startup. You're involved in everything and you always want to know what's going on. But in the end, it just makes you a bit crazy. So, so what we're doing as drivers, we're, we're taking our roles a bit separate as in what we're good at. And uh, Russell, uh, you met earlier, is uh, more PR and marketing. Um, I love the product side of it. So, mm. like I said, we're working on Driver 2, which is going to be the new app for drivers. Uh, so I'll be working more on that. And Terry does uh, a lot of operations. Uh, Ron, uh, who's one of the co-founders, does um, uh, the funding uh, and stuff like that. And Casper was head of uh, uh, operations as well. So, so we all do our little roles. And, and, and Jay is uh, the, the CEO. So uh, we've all still got our, our roles in the company. But we need to take, you, you need to take your foot off the gas because it's just like overload you guys were driving black cabs three years ago and now you're running a billion dollar plus company exactly that's pretty crazy yeah 
It's, to, it's to be a honest, story. It, it, even when people talk about it's really weird. Even when talk about the funding, I, 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 it's fifty million this and fifty. Oh, I don't yeah. take much notice. So I, as far as I'm concerned, everyone's getting that sort of money. So when people say uh, I've just got some funding of a couple of hundred grand and stuff like that, it's like. Don't take much notice of it, to be honest. I just think that everyone earns, I mean, a couple hundred grand is loads of money. If it had been yeah. us in the beginning, we'd been going mental for it. But, um, so we don't take much, uh, I don't get time, me personally, to take much notice of the uh, sit back. the money. But one day you will. Uh, one day I might, yeah. I think I've always, always been a bit of a, a dreamer anyway. It's like yeah. anything can happen. I probably dreamt about when I was uh, younger anyway. So yeah. <laughs> it's been done. I mean, you guys are a huge success story for a long I think you were meeting with David Cameron earlier today and Russell and you. And mm. I mean, you guys are kind of like what London can become in the tech sector. It's what we're always talking about on this show. Yeah. Like to have someone like you getting the big chunky financing, kind of going global. It, it, are you guys like role models to a certain extent to the startup um, community? Yeah, I, I would say we are. It's, it's a bit annoying on my part because I'd always like to say that I would love to help people it's just getting time to help people. It's like we was at uh, Chew the Fat, which was uh, which was great the other day. We done uh, like a question and answer thing, and then people come up to you and they ask you your opinion. And sometimes you think to yourself, well, I'm just why are you asking me my opinion? I, I don't know nothing." But then you come back and you tell them all this stuff, and you and you come back with answers, uh, and, and and we meet up with them. We have a cup of coffee and. Uh, we can't invest in them or anything like that, but we can give them our experience of what we've been through and everything. I think sometimes you think to yourself, although you had it, you had it too easy, if you know what I mean, but you deserved it because you worked so hard. So that's what, it'd be nice to help anyone, especially in London. It's like a, a pride thing, isn't it? But being born in London and seeing London do well is like the, the, yeah. the best thing. You know? It's like your football club doing well. Let's face it, if we should have tech, football club shouldn't we so <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, and London would be the best in the world yeah I mean we're not from London but like the, the one thing we want to see is London just kick off when yeah. it comes to the tech and see those big uh, those big you know halo financings and those big you know billion pound mm. companies and those big IPOs and yeah. but you live in London yeah so, so you are once, once you've joined the team then you're part of it aren't you Actually, black cabbies always ask me where I'm from, and I, I, t I say I'm a Londoner. Yeah. And then they ask me a few more times. And... They always assume I'm American. <laughs> really? Yeah, we share. That's a compliment. Did I? compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think uh, of the London tech scene? I mean, you know globally what's going on with all your different cab companies. I mean, mm. do you, is there anything you, you see that, that we need to do here in London? I mean, obviously, you're, you're getting more recognition from Cameron and the government. Do, mm. do you see a missing piece yeah, yeah. one thing I think the government definitely should do, and uh, I'm not that wise to it, I should get a bit wiser, is that if you start up, that it's like 0% tax and stuff like that. Because you bring so many employees into the, into this industry, uh, and uh, anything that you take out of it should, I'd say tax-free, I don't know. I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Tax-free sounds good. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, just an incentive, because uh, people are probably sitting there thinking, is it worth all the hard work? But, um, Sometimes even just starting up a company. So, you know, I just don't have time to, mm. my books aren't organized enough and I'm just not focused on revenue mm. and, and organizing my tax or my VAT returns. It's just kind of a headache that, mm. that I wish could be what, eased. Should, could yeah, be. I think maybe it'd be eased. Yeah, that, that would be nice. Or even like I'll pay it at, at some point. 
Do you yeah. know what I mean? Let me get to a point, you know, where you guys yeah, are now, exactly. and it's like, okay, here's some money to an accounting firm, figure that out, and then I'll cut it. I'll cut yeah, a bill. Cut but it, but the yeah. first few years, it's like just leave me alone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as yeah. a startup businessman, just yeah. like paying employees and getting yeah. and doing your taxes with no with no profit is almost an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, it's true. Like, you know? I, like I got a letter in the mail the, the other day, and it was just like I, I owe eighty one pounds for that thing because I didn't I didn't file it in, on time or something like that. I'm just mm. like. So I didn't, I didn't challenge it because I just paid the 81 pounds because I don't have time right now to challenge it. And so now I just paid someone and now they're and sorting they it out. But it's it. just yeah, kind of yeah. like, leave me alone for a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're, if you're a taxi driver, you normally have an account and right. it does that all for you. Yeah. So, oh, so you or you have a wife. Right. <laughs> she does well. Where, where do you guys want to be in, in five years? I mean, do you want to be in a, a hundred different cities in the world? Is, is it all about getting in those key places? Is, and is getting there first, is, is that important? Um, I, I think getting somewhere first, yeah. Right, so in, in two ways, if you get there first, then you have to do all the hard work. If you do get there second, and then you realize that, oh, actually, that we've now got drivers who are actually trained on a phone, who right. actually got a phone, then you can get actually go in in second and, and, and be the winner. I think it all comes down to who's gonna get the most. Let's face it, drivers wanna earn money. So whoever gets the most customers for a driver will eventually be the winner. But then we've got other stuff that, that helps the driver. So if, when we start off with the, the driver app, we have so much more in it. It's like a, a taxi tool right. to help them throughout their day anyway. So hopefully uh, a bit of that and a bit of customers will always uh, be the winner. That's almost a, you know, a great business model in its own, having mm. a, a taxi app that's just a tool for them. You know what I mean? And then mm. you add what you guys do. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think we're going to have to do that to, to launch quicker everywhere else, right. like easy sign up. So uh, you sign up and then we get you verified and authorized and uh, find out where your interest is. If you can download it in San Diego and we get hundreds of drivers all downloading it, then we know right. where to go next, if you know yeah. what I mean. Right. Yeah. What's your corporate uh, headquarters like? I know you guys are at Somerset House. Why Somerset, by the way? I mean, geez, it's, uh, quite, it's quite an address. That used to be where the Royals would kind of summer or something. Uh, right? Actually, the, the, the apartment we're in is actually the old tax, uh, the inland revenue here. Yeah, so okay. it's a bit ironic being a, a, a taxi company but no first of all we started off uh it's been a bit of a story really we started off with we needed a place where uh, you could park a taxi because we were taxi drivers so we ended up uh, getting offices on the hms president which is a boat just on the the uh, embankment okay so we started off there uh, being under underground and uh, walking down the old silver steps uh, to an underground it was like being in the submarine sort of thing so so we started off there yeah and then Fortunately, uh, Somerset House was looking for startups, and they actually come looking for us and said, "Look, we've got this amazing building uh, where we're, which I know that uh, Old Street and Silicon Roundabout is great, but Somerset House is really good for for young tech startups and stuff like that as well." And what's your office like? Is it is it mostly developers working on these new apps? Yeah. Is it like salespeople, business people? What's the vibe like there? Uh, uh, the the vibe is most people are head down in a computer which is really weird, weird because if you go into our office, it's loud and noisy. So right. we're in the part of the marketing, we've, we've, we've moved now to, to product side, but they're more coding, headphones on, uh, typing away and, uh, and building the app because everyone thinks that to build a taxi app, you just need a couple of people. We have like uh, probably about 70 developers. 70. Yeah, so it, it might um, even be more than that to be honest. 
And it's uh, weird because it's such a simple app. I guess that's why it's so simple and yeah. easy. The, the, this is the thing is that <laughs> everyone thinks it's a simple app. And, and you're right. That it's like the Steve because Jobs, you don't see right? the people yeah. in the background yeah. typing away, coding. Yeah. and The non-technical answer, right? Yeah. It's a simple app. It's two, two, two presses. And, to and this is the problem we probably will have when we go to other countries is that there will be the old radio circuits or new people building these, these apps which they think can handle tens of thousands of the drivers mm. and they can't <laughs> so they will have that problem and it will break down i mean uh god knows how many servers we've got but uh, we've just changed platform which hopefully should bring that server load down a bit but um yeah it, it costs a fortune to keep something like this running yeah do you think you're going to need to keep improving that app as you go forward? Uh, do you think you'll you'll ever adjust the prices of your taxis based on demand? You know, which is something that's tough to do because you know black cabs have a standard fee. You know, if you flag them. So, down. so you mean similar to the minimum fare to do it? Or, or to times? you know, I think Uber says that they have something where if if there's a big supply, then the prices go up and that kind of thing. Do you think you'll develop an app that gets really complicated and so, market based and that so, kind well, of thing? So, so one, you got to, uh, whether to trust it or not. I mean, it's, it's okay That's saying true too. it's okay <laughs> saying putting a sign up saying, "Yeah, uh, the taxis are really busy. We can't get you one. Pay forty quid." Right. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? But yeah. who, who knows uh, if they're busy or not? They soon get you one. Good point. So surely, if uh, if it's that high demand, they won't be able to get you one. So, um, but it, it, you know, it's an idea from like six or seven in the morning, for example. Yeah. A cab, you know, might typically that percentage might be twenty, and how to get it to yeah. seventy-five? Maybe if you drop your price significantly. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Work. So, so, so you mean yeah. like surge pricing, yeah. which we could use towards the data. It would be very confusing for the customer because every time you open the app, it's a different price. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I always feel to myself that there's there's three ends of the market. There's there's the 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 lower end, which is the the mini cab jobs around the corner, stuff like that. And then you've got the medium price, which is uh, ourselves, Addison Lee, and uh, and people like that. And then you've got the business. I don't think you can do all three. Mm -hmm. Even if you add all 23,000, you can't compete with all three of them, then great. So uh, right. I'd like to think that we would go for the mid and, and the business starting hopefully next year. Part of what gives you guys credibility is that you're offering a rate that you can get on the, on the street. Yeah. And you're not, you're, it's no more expensive to book through you guys than to flag a taxi. Down. Exactly. So, so when we done the data, 10% of our jobs was below the meat affairs at that time. So as long as you're not one of them 10%, you get a free run in, uh, you get five minutes waiting time if you're coming out of the office or you're running a bit late. Uh, you don't pay any credit card cost. The driver covers all this. They're, they're worth that £10 minimum, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. so 90, probably 95% of the time now, it don't affect anyone who, who, who books a taxi. So it was the fairest way. I mean, what we could have done was gone, well, we'll charge you a couple of pound. But then if you're doing a couple of pound on the £10 job, it's now £12. So then you're charging them for every time. So what we said was the fairest way was to do the, uh, the minimum fare. Somebody asked me one time when they were traveling here, they asked me if a cab driver would try to, uh, try to jip uh, me on the, on the price or something. Like we were going somewhere and he's like, he's going to overcharge you. And I'm like, I've never been overcharged by a taxi driver. Oftentimes black cab drivers will drop the fare mm. because it was too much traffic and they shave pounds off the price. Yeah, yeah drivers get a, bit, get a bit embarrassed if they're sitting in traffic and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. If, a, if a driver takes you what you think is the long way, you'll find you'll get there quicker and it would have cost you that amount of money plus more just sitting in traffic. So no driver, a driver wants to keep someone in his taxi all the time, but actually not moving is like dead mileage. The, the, the rate of money he's getting goes way down. It might cost you more, but it's costed him more because he wants to get you out of the taxi and get the next one in. We don't, 
There's no need ever to uh, to go out there. Where does that black cab ethos come from? Was it something you were taught? I mean, like by by the your friends and your your family members that were cab drivers before you. I mean, did someone ever say this is the way we do business? Because it seems like this unwritten code. It is it, like it, a religion almost. It yeah, just, it's very you, British. You yeah. Like, yeah, it it's very is. British, and it's it's big. There, there yeah. is a, a secret uh, etiquette that you learn as you're going forward. Like if you let if someone lets you out you always let them have the next job and stuff like that. I don't mm. think that would work in any other country. I've seen in other countries, they just take your job where there's an etiquette in-, so, in Sorry, in what's that? If you if let someone... them out. So if, you, so if you're driving along and someone lets you out, so you flash them to pull out and they've got their light on. Oh, I see, I see. I'm still the one who's gonna get that job that's coming. Okay. So okay. he'll drive past that job that's there. So right. sometimes you I've might think that. to yourself, why is that person who just drove past yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. It's not because they're driving past it, it's because they're the nice guys who've just let the person but, out right. and they've let them have that job. So, uh, That's good. so it's, it's, it's just an okay. etiquette between drivers anyway. I'd say and, it was a good one. And are there more and more young people that get, get into the business or the, is the average age of the cab driver kind of getting older? What yeah, so, uh, so there's definitely young people getting in. I think that Halo now will entice more people in because obviously once they start hearing that you can earn more money and, and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that then. And I think you're getting, when, when we grew up, it was mainly if you're from East London, North London, the inner boroughs, you become a taxi driver. That's what you've done. I think eventually it will be uh, new people who are coming to live here. They'll, they'll understand that, oh, if I become a taxi driver, it's a decent living, but you have to really work hard. To, to earn a decent living, but you can earn a living. The uh, is the money the increase in in sort of efficiency for cab is it mm. I, is it going in their pocket or is it going into the car owner's pocket? No, no. Are so they raising no. their rents because they're like, well, hey, I know now that you can make more money on a day because of Halo, uh, so you pay this rent, and so the mm. cab driver actually doesn't make any more. I, I think that could happen in other countries. Okay. I don't think the London cab drivers would uh, would, would put up with it, okay. to be honest. So, uh, yeah. but no, cab drivers earn whatever they earn is is their money. Right. So uh, it's not like they have to give so much. They they rent a taxi uh, for so much, and then they keep all the money that but goes maybe to. the rent. But I understand. Yeah, 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 if, sure. I always thought to myself, if you imagine New York, yeah. somewhere like that, yeah. that really and truthfully, if we start uh, being really successful, yeah. uh, then the medallion sh- prices should go up sure, because yeah. the more they can earn on, in the shift, the more the medallion owners can uh, can charge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Gary, we always ask everyone that sits there a few questions at the end, and uh, I'm going to hit you with them. If you could make a, a phone call to the 20 year old Gary Jackson and mm. give that young man a bit of advice, was he driving cabs back then? No, he wasn't. And that's what I was. Okay. Uh, I did hear this question. By the way, I've watched the show before. Thank okay. you. By the way. <laughs> which you I really prepared for which this I really question? Enjoy. <laughs> but, but I did prepare for this question, but I never got an answer. And I think the answer would have been, yeah. so you better answer. No, no, go, no, so so the, probably the answer would have been at 20. Um, I probably would have said to myself, become a taxi driver then. Because at that time, it, it, was, a, it was a good living. And uh, at 20, if you could earn a taxi driver's living and go out and work nights and stuff like that, it, it would be great. But um, if I was a 20-year-old, what would I say? I don't know. I'd probably I'd be silly and, and write a song that's already been written or something like that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't invent the, uh, sure. the the iPhone or something like that because it's a bit technical. But maybe I'd nick someone's song. <laughs> on, on that same note, what's the best advice you've ever been given, uh, either as a, as a as a cab driver or as a you know a startup entrepreneur? Um, yeah. So you you do get lots of advice being a cab driver. It, by the way, cab driving is a great networking place. I would like to say if any cab drivers do watch this network with your customers because that's how you start that's how you get to know people that's how you come up with ideas and i think seeing these uh these people who are wealthy and stuff like that can give you that inspiration to maybe to go on and do something else I'm not saying that cab drivers uh 
not a good job, but there's always that chance of doing something else, yeah. So best best advice. Uh, I tell you, I, I do the best advice, and this is comes from Russell uh, when we first started. Um, one of your co-founders that was one of our co-founders well. who, yeah, who started. It. And he always comes up with a story, and every time he says it, it, it don't make me cringe. I've just heard it so many times. But he was in the uh, the back of a taxi and uh, with Peter Stringfeller. He right. went in the back of the taxi. Yes, so he was driving the taxi. Now, people who don't Peter know who Strings. Peter Stringfellow is, who aren't yeah. from London, could you give it as a so, so description? So, what is he? U, U. Effner of of London? Yeah, he, he runs some uh, some nightclubs yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, strip clubs and yeah. things like that. That's okay. it. Yeah, so, yeah. so Russell would come out with something like, uh, "I had Peter Stringfellow in, in in the back of my cab, and I didn't know whether it was his uh, his mummy's daughter or his uh, his girlfriend, something like that." Anyway, <laughs> she was obviously a good looking blonde. So, anyway, so he was talking about. Um, uh, what we was doing before, which was taxi light. And uh, he was driving along and he started chatting. And um, Peter Strings said, look, stop. And Russell thought, uh, oh, what's going on here? He thought he was going to uh, put me down. He said, what are you doing? He said, uh, well, it's a, it's a taxi app. He went, stop there. He said, it will be a success. And he said, why is that? He said, because you're doing something you know. Mm. So I'll say that because Russell always used to say it. And that's the 150th time I've heard it. It's good advice. It's good advice. Stick <laughs> yeah. to something you Stick know. Stick to something you know. Because it might look like a simple industry to people on the outside. Mm. Yeah. Maybe even people from Silicon Valley. But it actually, it's a very complicated business, right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. How damn it was. On that final note, um, what's the advice you give to that those people listening that, that want to do a startup in London? You know, yeah. Maybe they're black cabbies or maybe they're in a completely different industry. Maybe they're old. Maybe they're young. I mean, you've been through it. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're meeting someone Tuesday. It was quite funny that uh, I think his name's Chris, and it was from he's doing he's doing an app called uh, One Pulse. Uh, anyway, he's doing this app, and he come up and asked us for advice. And I always go, I haven't got any business cards on me, and it's not because I, I want to be rude. It's just that I'm really badly organised. So if someone emails me. They got no chance on earth of. I'll go. Oh yeah, I'll get back to that and never get back to him. So, so I passed it over to Terry, uh, one of uh, the, the driver co-founders. Anyway, so he sent a, a, an email the other day about meeting up, and at the same time as, as as writing the email, he sort of slagged me off, which was really funny because I thought, this is great. These young guys have got so much nerve that they had to come out. But he said something like, if Gary's stopped passing all his emails over to you, would you like to meet up? And I thought instead of going. Ah, oh, what's he doing uh, taking the mick? I thought that's the sort of person who, who you know is going to go somewhere fast because uh, these young kids have, have got a lot more than I had at 20. I mean, I had to wait to 35, 40 to, to do what I'm doing. But um, now these young kids, they're, they're, they're bright. And the difference is, is that they can do the developing as well, where we couldn't, if you know what I mean. So, uh, so the advice is, is I would always follow, follow your dreams. Uh, and if you know what you're doing is right, then just keep on going. It's like some people would say, uh, uh, start up, fail, f- do they fail? I don't think they ever fail, you can stop doing them, but if you believe in uh, startups, then just keep going and keep going, yeah. Good advice, good advice. Were you, were you, did, I, did I miss something, Colin? Were you going to jump in there? Yeah, maybe just one question. We talk about, you know, do what you know, and there's yeah. so many great stories of, mm. of people coming from, you know, industries, and, and mm. they just... Do so amazingly well, like like yeah, you got, yeah. from a bird's eye view. Are there any other industries in London, just for, just for simplicity, that that uh, you know are ripe for disruption, and they just need someone from that industry to mm. sort of spend uh, you know a week with with some tech yeah. guys and, and solve a problem? Uh, I'm sure there's many. I, the only thing I do worry at the moment, if we'd have gone back two years ago, 
I had so many ideas floating in your head, and but I never got time to do them. I do worry that I think we're coming to near the end of it. it always, it's all to do with the iPhone and, and internet, mobile internet, that all these ideas are, are virtually coming from. I think we might be coming near the end of how many more ideas can we get out of that. Right. So, um, so it's, yeah, so. I'm waiting for that next thing to come along because the iPhone was was amazing too. Yeah, uh, huge for your business. Yeah, yeah. for our business. It, True, was, yeah. it was the one thing that it made our business because one yeah. day we looked at an iPhone and went, oh, crap, you can actually book a taxi and the driver can be mobile and do it. And that's, yeah. that's, that's why we started in the first place. Yeah. I wonder if your so. business will be completely on a completely different device and platform in five years. That'll have nothing to do with... Google Glass. Yeah, uh, could be yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, have you have you tried Google Glass? I haven't, I haven't have played you not? it yet. No, yeah, we don't we don't get to hobnob with you, all the people not. that you do. Yeah, I know we're, we're, we're just the low level. These guys are yeah. prime ministers. You probably met the founders of Google a few times. Uh, I think so we he's really, had to, uh, he has to check. Yeah, I have to check. I, I probably have. I'm really bad with. Uh, do, you, do you go to Burning names. Man if you don't know? <laughs> no, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> um, Gary, uh, uh, we wish you tons of success. You know, nothing would would make me happier than seeing Halo just kill it. You know, and be that that flagship company that shows the world that you know Brit- Britain knows tech and knows it better than everyone else so mm. I hope you guys I wish you guys all the best you know yeah. and uh, I love your app I download it it's uh, the website is is it halocab.com is it's, it? it's, it's halocab.com but you're better right. off just going type in halo on your iPhone or your Android it, it'll come up uh, download the app right on your phone straight away yeah yeah it's great tech and uh, yeah I want to keep using it and uh, yeah it's a, it's a fantastic thing to use are you guys on Twitter or any other kind of communication um, or is the best thing just to get that app well, I'm not a great lover of Twitter <laughs> no. <laughs> I always feel, we always see negative from Twitter anyway but uh, no we are on Twitter it's uh, Halo London or if you're a driver it's Halo Drivers and uh, yeah so you can get in touch by Twitter or, or Facebook or to be honest, most of our drivers have got our phone numbers anyway, so they, they give us a ring. Fantastic. So, but we're available for everyone. Great. Any uh, Silicon Real business, or uh, uh, is it the usual? We've got our, our new website up. Um, yeah, it's new, new website's up. Yeah, uh, looking great. Everyone loves it. It looks good. Give us feedback. And, and we're going to be looking for some guest, guest bloggers coming up. Yeah. So uh, reach out to us. Again, we're always looking for, for more help. Um, if you're looking to get into the tech scene in the new year and sort of want to make a bounce, give, give us a shout. We're looking for some, some good people to help out. So Yeah, for BizDev. And if you have ideas about guests, just send them through. Yep. Uh, this is episode 24, our six-month anniversary. Uh, it's all good. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, you can see our faces in full color on, uh, on YouTube. So come check us out. On, yeah. uh, uh, I have to get a podcast into the cabbie app uh, for, the, for the cab driver app. Yeah, so, so we was talking about it. If, if Russell was here, yeah. we were just Because you guys about, do a podcast too, right? Yeah, we yeah. do. And we are talking about Halo Radio as well, yeah, which would be cool. great. But uh, cool. yeah, we do a football podcast. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. All right. Very good. Um, as we say, it's about the people. Thanks for being here, Gary. Uh, it's an awesome story and, and wishing you all the best. Amazing. Uh, thank you Cheers. very much. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Let's talk about HSBC. It's an $8 billion money laundering operation for Mexican drug lords that they've been directly responsible for 60,000 decapitations in the last few years. So who's a terrorist, buddy? Who's a terrorist? Hey, I'm not on the CIA. Who's a terrorist? <laughs> who's the terrorist here? Be careful, man. Look, jump all let, over let me, let me, so, so 39 cents to send $150 million. Now, the cheapest any bank can offer that service of all the money center banks is $200,000. So, I mean, how are you going to compete with that? You can't.